Hello and welcome to Come and See, a home-centered podcast-supported Come Follow Me. I am Sam Wrencher and I'm going to cover Mosiah 18 through 24. Why this is just one week's worth of readings, I have no idea. It is many of my favorite stories all combined into what could be my favorite story um, because it all intertwines so beautifully. I uh, I will give more history than probably I would ever do again, but uh, I think it's important to understand this story. It it would help if uh, will help people understand the Book of Mormon better if they understand this story. So I'm going to try and cover it, but that will mean going through a lot really fast. So this scripture block starts in chapter 18 with Alma. Um, now that uh, verse 1, now it came to pass that Alma who fled from the servants of King Noah repented of his sins and iniquities and went about privately among the people and began to teach the word words of Abinadi. Um, verse 6 is a great one. Those who would believe would go forth to hear Alma, who would hide in some trees by a place called the Waters of Mormon. So, What's so interesting there is all those who believe um, go forth to hear Alma. Now, if we want to learn a principle here, one could be that when we believe in a prophet, then we would go forth to hear him. That would be, if we really believe in President Nelson as our prophet, then we would go forth to hear him when he speaks. That would be general conference, firesides, the ensign. That would include if he sends someone to state conference, then we would go forth to hear him. Um, the point is, if we believe, we would go forth to hear. That's, that's the principle. Uh, it's a great principle. So Alma is teaching the people. He goes to the waters of Mormon. Those who believe go to the waters of Mormon to hear and learn from him. It says in 7 that all were gathered together that believed on his words to hear him. Uh, it comes to verse 12. Uh, Alma takes Helam, he being one of the first, and they stand forth in the water. And he cried, saying, O Lord, pour out thy spirit upon thy servant, that he may do this work with holiness of heart. So how should we do the work of the Lord? Well, with the Spirit and with holiness of heart. That's how we should do our callings. It's how we should minister. It's how we should be missionaries. This is how we should do the work of the Lord. It is with holiness of heart, accepting the atonement, continually repenting, doing God's will, not seeking our own interest, with the Spirit, hearing Him. It's how we should do the work. Uh, verse 14 Another beautiful principle here. And after Alma had said these words, both Alma and Helam were buried in the water. And they arose and came forth out of the water, rejoicing, being filled with the Spirit. So this is the attitude of covenant making. This is how we should feel as we take the sacrament. We should come forth rejoicing and being filled with the Spirit. So, you know, what if we're not? Well... I wonder what our preparation looks like. You know, are we preparing for the sacrament and coming ready to make that covenant? Um, where is our attitude uh, when we're taking the sacrament? Has it become too commonplace 
and we're not taking it seriously enough. When we, when we take that covenant seriously, we will come forth rejoicing and being filled with the Spirit. That is such a blessing. I've loved being able to um, partake of the sacrament in our home. That's been a really neat experience. Um, and let's see, we get to verse 23. This is really interesting. So he talks about some of the covenants of baptism, a lot of really great things. But then he shares just a couple of commandments. So if he's only going to share a couple, which ones do you think he would cover? So verse 23, and he commanded them that they should observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And also every day they should give thanks to the Lord their God. He talks about keeping the Sabbath day holy and giving thanks to God. He also says, and he commanded them. I hope we realize that giving thanks to God, gratitude, is a commandment. And maybe a really important one. Those are the only two that they list here, is keeping the Sabbath day holy and giving thanks. If either of those commandments are ones that we need to improve in, I would encourage us to do so, as they're both exceedingly important. Um, verse 30, they're a good example of it, as they're singing praises to their God forever. So Alma has a lot of success. Uh, he baptizes 204 people at the Waters of Mormon. And on this very day that this is happening, they're discovered by the king, verse 32. And the king sends his army to destroy them. But the Lord warns Alma that the king is coming, and so he takes his people and they depart into the wilderness. Um, verse 19 uh, is of the army returning uh, to Shiloh, having not found Alma and his people. And there's a division among this army. Some are upset with Noah, and one of them, uh, one of my favorite people, Gideon, he's strong. I wonder just how strong you have to be in order to be. That that's actually pointed out in the Book of Mormon that he was strong. But anyways, he's strong. And he draws his sword and he, and he uh, says, I'm going to slay the king. And he actually goes and fights with Noah and he beats him. And Noah runs for it, um, escapes and gets onto that tower that they've built. And Noah is about ready, or Gideon's about ready to get Noah. And Noah looks around and sees the armies of the Lamanites within the borders of the land. He's like, Gideon, spare me. My people will be destroyed. Well, he doesn't care about the people. He cares about himself. And he's using that as an excuse. I'm not just guessing that. It actually says it in verse 7. They will destroy my people, pretending to be concerned. Um, so Gideon lets him go. And that's verse 8. Noah commands his people that they should flee before the Lamanites. So the Lamanites, uh, they chase him down and begin to slay the Nephites. So then Noah commands all the men to abandon their wives and children and flee into the wilderness. Many refused to do so and would rather stay and die with their families. That's 12. Those who did not flee um, had their fair daughters stand before the Lamanites and plead for their lives. The Lamanites are charmed by the beauty of these girls and so had compassion on the people. And they take them captive and they take them back to the land of Nephi and grant them 
possession of the city again on the condition that they give half of everything they possess and everything that um, that will be expanded, like grain and flocks. And uh, Gideon, he's one of those who did not abandon his family. And so he was taken captive. And he wants to find out what happened to the people who left their families, abandoned them. So he sends men out to find Noah and the priest and those people. As they're going out, they meet the people who are coming back to the city, except Noah and the priest are not with them. Well, these people who had escaped, they felt terrible. For, and they said, hey, we're going back. And if our daughters and wives are slain, well, we're going to seek revenge and we'll just perish with them. And Noah says, I command you not to go. And this makes the people super angry and they burn him to death. That's verse 20. And then they're about to take the priest and burn them also, but the priest fled from them. Uh, these people then are returning to the land to find out if their wives and children had been slain and they meet the people of Gideon. And they tell uh, Gideon what they've done with Noah and that the priest escaped. And the people of Gideon tell those people that their wives and children are still alive, which they rejoice in. But we are in bondage and have to pay half of everything we have to them. Well, one of the sons of Noah, who did also not abandon his family, he was a just man. His name was Limhi, and he's made king over the people. That's verse 26. And uh, they have peace in the land for two years, but they are paying this tribute to the Lamanites. The Lamanites put guards around them. They've made a covenant that they won't destroy them, but they are guarding them and keeping them in captive so that they can have all this free loot. Then we get chapter 20. Chapter 20 starts with the Lamanite daughters have this place where they like to go and sing and dance and, and uh, Amulon the leader of the wicked priests and the wicked priests, they find the Lamanite daughters and they hide and watch them. And when there's a small number of them, it's actually 24, um, the Amulon and the priest come out of hiding and kidnap these girls and take them away. When the Lamanites find out that their 24 daughters have been taken away, they're mad and they blame Limhi and his people. And so they put together a big army and the king goes before them himself, and they march into Shilom to destroy all the Nephites. Well, Limhi is watching and discovers that they're coming. So he hides his army in the fields and the forests, and they surprise the Lamanites, and they beat them, and they beat them soundly. The Lamanites flee rapidly, and they flee so fast that they leave the king among the dead because he was wounded. And the people of Limhi take him and they bind up his wounds and take him before Limhi and says, look, here's the king, let's slay him. And Limhi says, hang on, well, let's find out why in the world they came to battle against us. So they ask the king and the king says, well, it's because you kidnapped our daughters. And Limhi's like, I know nothing about this. Let's search our people and find out who did this and they will be punished. And Gideon says, hang on. He's, uh, by the way, Limhi's captain now. And he's like, hang on, don't you remember the priests of your father? Certainly it was them who did this great evil. So go and tell the king what happened. And let's see if the king will go and persuade his people to not attack us. Because there's an army coming like now. And they're huge and we're in big trouble if, if the king doesn't speak for us. So that's exactly what happens. Limhi tells King Laman. Uh, the Lamanite king about the wicked priest and, and attributes the daughters being stolen to them, which is accurate it was. And the king believes him and says, let's go before the Lamanites, leave your weapons here, and I'll convince them. 
And that's what happens. Limhi goes and he bows down before his people and convinces them that the Nephites hadn't done that great evil. And the Lamanites return to their own land with their king. That takes us to chapter 21. The Lamanites are no longer slaying the Nephites, but they um, are angry with the Nephites. And they come into the land and they harass them and they hit them and they exercise authority over them and put heavy burdens upon them and drive them like dumb animals. This should sound familiar because it's what Abinadi said would happen if the people didn't repent. Their afflictions were heavy. They were great. And there was no way the Nephites could deliver themselves. And in fact, they proved that because the people complained to Limhi so much that Limhi allows them to go to battle against the Nephites. And they do go to battle and they get beat. They get beat badly. And this happens three times until they're finally like, okay, we can see that there is absolutely no way we can deliver ourselves. They humble themselves to the depths of humility. And finally, they cry mightily to God all the day long. This verse 14. The Lord is slow to hear their cries, but he softens the hearts of the Lamanites. He doesn't free them yet, but he does soften the hearts of the Lamanites. Um, they began to prosper by degree and raise a little more grain and flocks and herds so that they don't starve to death. Verse 16. Um, I think there's a great principle there. Let's pause in the story just a bit. God does not see fit to free us immediately from our challenges all the time. Sometimes it's okay that life is hard and that we have challenges. Um, but the Lord will help us and he'll help us by degrees is the way he helped them. It gives us an opportunity to learn. Sometimes we need to be patient. That's okay. It's way easier said than done. Back to the story. We see that... Um, the wicked priests continue to cause problems. They sneak into Shiloh and they steal food and precious things. Limhi and his people are waiting in late to find them. And um, that is when Ammon shows up. And that's why they wanted to kill Ammon and his people because they thought they were the wicked priests. And we can see now how much harm those priests have caused the people. But then they find out that Ammon's from the Nephites, and they're super excited because they thought the Nephites had been destroyed. Because Limhi sent um, some men up to find the Nephites and Zarahemla to come down and save them. Well, they got lost on their way up there, past the land of Zarahemla, go all the way up to the Jaredite land, find all these bones and weapons and things all over the ground. They're like, holy smokes, the Nephites have been destroyed. They find some records, and then they come back to the people of Limhi and say, the Nephites are gone. So then when Ammon shows up and he's like, nope, we're still alive, they're pretty happy. They're happy that all the Nephites aren't gone, and they're happy because they think maybe the Nephites will save us. The people then are repenting, and they're saying, well, we, we want to be baptized, and we want to join the church, but Alma's gone, and the church is gone with them. And they want Ammon to baptize them, but he says, you know, I, I can't. I don't feel worthy. Well, they want to escape. Uh, verse 4. Um, this is Gideon. Gideon has a plan. He goes, I've got a plan. He's confident in it. He goes, I'm uh, this, this work or this plan is uh, bound to work. There's a back pass. The guards get drunk. Let's give them a present with extra wine, in fact. 
They'll get drunk. We'll take all of our flocks and herds and families and everything we have. We'll escape out the back pass, go up and around, and travel up to Zarahemla M and can show us the way. Well, they do it. It works. It works great. Um, the Lamanites pursue them for two days, but then the Lord makes it so that they can't follow their tracks any longer. And they make their way up to Zarahemla, and Mosiah accepts them um, with all sorts of excitement, and, and things are great. That takes us to chapter 23. I told you I would go quickly and cover a lot of ground. Chapter 23 comes back to the story of Alma. So when the Lord warned Alma and his army that uh, the army of Noah is coming, they take their things and depart. But the Lord strengthens them and makes this group of families and children swifter than an army, and they get away. And they travel for eight days, and they stop in a beautiful land with fresh water they call Helam, and they go right to work, tilling the land, building buildings. And, you know, when we're industrious, the Lord blesses us. It's a principle that works. And the Lord blessed them and blessed them greatly. Um, verse 25. There is a word in that verse that I love. It's while. While they're hanging out in the land of Helam, here comes an army of the Lamanites. There's a principle. Sometimes while we are just living our lives, minding our own business, things all of a sudden become super hard. If you can think of a while experience, while I was just living my life, minding my own business, whoa, look what just happened. This changed my life forever and made things really hard. That happens in our lives, and it's okay. Life sometimes is hard. Um, it says in 21, Nevertheless, the Lord seeth fit to chasten his people. Yea, he trieth their patience and their faith. This is a time for us to have more faith and more patience, not less of it. So we need to keep the commandments and have faith and patience when things are really tough. That's the way to do it. Um, verse 23 even mentions that none could deliver them but God. Sometimes these challenges are so great that we can't fix them ourselves or deliver ourselves from these trials. We need to put trust in God that he can do so. So this Lamanite army, it's the same one that gets lost after two days. They're wandering around. Well, they find the people of Amulon and the wicked priests. Amazingly enough, they send their wives, who are the 24 stolen daughters, to go plead for their lives. And the army accepts them, puts them with their army, and now they're traveling around with Amulon and the priest. And who do they find? Well, they, they find Alma and his people. And it's just one of those, oh, oh no. Well, they, they look super scary, this army. This is one of those while they were experiences. You look at 27 and 28, and it is what Alma does. He goes to him. He's like, hey, don't be afraid. Remember Jesus. He'll hush our fears. We need to have faith. And that's what they do. And then they move forward to face this trial head on. They go and they meet this army. And the army says, we're lost. We'll make a deal with you. We won't put you in bondage if you'll show us the way home. Well, the Alma and his people make the deal and they tell him how to get home. And the Lamanites, well, they lied. They didn't do it. They put guards around them and put them in bondage and just who do the Lamanites put in charge? Amulon, for crying out loud. Amulon's in charge, who already personally hates Alma. Remember, they were priests together. But Alma believed in Abinadi. And so Amulon makes things really hard, really hard for Alma. 
and their afflictions are super great, but they are the examples of what do you do in a hard time? They turn to the Lord and they pray. Uh, verse 13 says, the Lord knows us and asks us to, um, he knows us and he wants us to lift up our hearts and be of good comfort. Boy, that's the attitude to get through a trial. Again, easier said than done. Actually impossible to do on our own, but we can do it with the Savior and his help. He made their burdens light. He didn't take away their trial at first, but he made their trial light, one that the people could bear. So much so that verse 15, they did submit cheerfully and with patience to all the will of the Lord. Again, that's that's how we should face trials. We should submit cheerfully and with patience and to all the will of the Lord. Then the Lord comes to Alma, verse 17, Thou shalt go before this people, and I will go with thee and deliver this people out of bondage. What he did, the Lord put the Lamanite army to sleep. And verse 23, I love it. He says, I will stop them in this place. Sometimes the Lord does deliver us and he stops our trials in a place and lets us move forward in life. He's done it so many times in my life. I can't even count the times. The Lord loves us and he'll take care of us. If we will bear um, trials and challenges with faith and patience and always turn to the Lord, he will deliver us. He will take care of us. He will stop trials in their place. And uh, the Nephites, uh, Alma and his people, they, they escape and they travel and they actually stop fascinatingly enough, in that land they called Alma. And the Lord has to go to him and say, Hey, Alma, you know the Lamanites have awoken, and it's time you get going and get up to the land of Zarahemla. I think they just weren't panicked. They knew the Lord had taken care of them already. They knew he would take care of them again. It's just one more sign of their faith that that they didn't run panicking, screaming all the way to Zarahemla. They traveled a little bit and, and then hunkered down, and the Lord had to say, Hey, Alma, it's time to get moving. Such an example of faith. Well, that is my run-through story of Alma and Zenith and Noah and Limhi and Gideon. It was it was a hurried story. There are so many principles. We could have covered all of them, but in the end, I, I wanted to cover the history uh, to maybe help you have that context of how the principles fit into those stories. I hope this was helpful and uh, hope you have a great week studying Mosiah 18 to 24.